All right, who loves a summer barbecue as much as I do? Listen, if you want to impress everyone with some super yummy dishes, you need ButcherBox in your life. ButcherBox is my go-to subscription box that delivers high-quality meat and seafood to your door with free shipping always. And I'm talking high-quality cuts at an amazing value. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. We are saving so much money every month with ButcherBox over going to the grocery store and buying meat and seafood and saving a lot of time. But get this, last month we saved nearly $200. I also love that ButcherBox curates these tips and recipes that are based on your box so you know what to cook. I made the most amazing steak with a basil sauce the other night. And oh, let me tell you, my friends all raved at how amazing it tasted. I'm definitely going to be pulling that recipe out. If you want great meat and seafood in your life, you need ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com etm and use code etm at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year, plus get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com etm and use code etm. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Is creating a will and a trust the best money move you can make? I thought you would never ask. I know it's never fun to think about death and all the dark stuff, but a will and a trust don't have to feel like you're watching a horror movie. Patrick Hicks, head of legal at Trust and Will, shares why creating a will and a trust just might be your best money move for 2021. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. We have done a few episodes in the past about wills and trusts, and I always get a lot of questions after each episode, and I get it. Wills and trusts, they can feel really tricky and end up in that same category as budgeting, aka you never want to do it. <laughs> you know you need to, but it just doesn't feel like something that makes you feel good. So you Put it to the tail end of the list, but that doesn't have to be your story. You spent your whole life buying and collecting things. And just like investing and growing your money, you also need to know how to protect your money and your things. I mean, I have a definite say-so over who gets my prized vintage U2 albums. It wouldn't feel right for them to just go in any hands that wouldn't really appreciate where the streets have no name and vinyl. Okay. You get where I'm going here. Even if a will and a trust feels a little uncomfortable, Patrick is here to put you at ease. 
He's breaking it all down in easy-to-understand language and sharing what you need to know to create a will and a trust, and just check that off your money to-do list. So excited to share this conversation with you. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, and this is Millennial Money. We have a lot to talk about, and I want to start with this new survey that was out that finds that 76% of millennials actually created their will or trust in 2020, which is a really high amount. So I guess the question is, Is I guess, I guess we need a global pandemic to make trusts and wills an important money step. You know, there's always a silver lining. I, I think that we can hopefully find a better way to make more millennials get activated in this area right, without having to have another pandemic. Uh, but definitely, we, we saw a spike in number of millennials who were creating their estate plans uh, last year. And the pandemic was certainly one of the leading factors, but not the primary reason. Ooh, okay. Okay. Tell me what's because I would think it was that. Like, tell me what's the primary reason. So of the millennials, and we we surveyed nearly 20,000 millennials who started or worked on their estate plan in 2020. And of those we surveyed, the number one reason was having a child. And that was over a third, nearly 37% said that that was the reason that they started to work on their estate plan. Ah, the pandemic so I, was another key reason. It was only 17%, though. And 17% huh. is not small, but 83% of those who started their plan worked on it regardless of the pandemic. Wow. Okay. So that's really interesting. So then, like taking that information and data, what can we then assume about what does keep people from making a will or a trust? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's one we spend a lot of time thinking about at Trust and Will. <laughs> Um, what, what we see is that a lot of people put off because they don't know why they need an estate plan or those who do know why they need it don't know how to go about getting one. It's an overwhelming process and they think it's difficult and scary and not for them. And that's what we're really trying to address is to explain that everybody needs an estate plan. Every adult needs an estate plan and it doesn't have to be hard or difficult or ex- expensive or scary to put one in place. Right. So I want to walk through some of this vocabulary because I think particularly when we talk about finance, there's a lot of jargon. So I know that probably listeners are familiar with the term or they've heard the term an estate plan, but tell me what does that actually mean and and what actually would go into an estate plan? Yeah, that's a great question. So an estate plan is a set of legal documents and ultimately it provides instructions for what you want to happen at some later point when you cannot make decisions for yourself. And that could be either after you die or if you're still living but have some incapacity or disability that prevents you from making your own decisions. So incapacity planning and death planning are the two major things that go into estate planning. And those estate planning documents take various forms, but the two most common that most people have heard of are a will and a trust. And those two documents are really the cornerstone documents of an estate plan. Yeah. And I want to roll up our sleeves a little bit here about wills and trusts and really kind of dive into what they are and why you need them and who needs them and all sorts of stuff. So let's start with a will, because again, I think a lot of people are familiar with a will, whether they have one or not. So walk me through a little bit, Patrick, like what goes in a will and then who actually needs one of these? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm going to start with the second question first. Everybody needs a will. Every adult needs a will. And the reason every adult needs a will is because wills do very fundamental things. Wills answer questions that have to be answered at death. Hmm. And wills do only apply at death, but those questions they answer are truly key questions. And really, if you think about it, if you dig in, there's a lot that a will does, but ultimately there are three primary functions. 
The first is that a will will dispose of your assets. It lets you say who gets what. The second is a will lets you nominate guardians for your kids and your pets. Who will take care of your children? And the third is wills specify your final arrangements. What happens to you after you die, your remains? Those three questions have to be answered for everybody. So the choice of not having a will is, is not really a choice at all. And what happens if you don't have a will is states instead make those answers for you. Every state has a set of laws that says what happens if you don't have a will. Right. So I, I think the question I get asked a lot, and I think this would be interesting to talk about is, well, if I don't have a will and I understand the state then makes my decisions, but I'm not here. And so what do I care what actually happens with my stuff? Like, I mean, let's, let's like debunk this a little bit because I sort of feel like if you've spent your whole life collecting things and spending money on things, like maybe you do care who gets your things, but, but what are your thoughts on this? You know, I think it's one of the most common misunderstandings that I don't need a will because the state will automatically do what I want. And it doesn't always happen that way, unfortunately. And, you know, with your final arrangements, your burial instructions, that is an inherently personal decision. I don't know that it's possible for a state legislature to pass laws that carries out your burial preferences the way you would want them carried out. But even if you step back and look at assets and kids, those are default laws. And yeah, maybe everything will go to your spouse and your kids and they'll be divided up equally. And and you think that's what I want to do. I want to support my family. But if you look at it and kind of dive in just a little bit on the details, you'll see that the actual result might not be quite what you want. And instead of everything going to your spouse and having your spouse support your two children, maybe the state says your two kids each get a third and the assets are all distributed equally. And you may not want your two-year-old to have a third of your estate after you die. So the exact outcome may look good, but if you dig in, it's not always what people want. Yeah. And that, that makes me think of another question. So what if I'm in a relationship with someone we're not married whether we have a child yet or not, but we're in we're in a long term relationship. Like, how would a will benefit in that particular situation? Oh, that's a great question. Um, legally, marriage gives you and your spouse certain rights, and those rights exist due to the marriage. And it doesn't matter how long you've been married or how long you've been in a relationship without being married. You're either married or not in the eyes of the law. And so if you are not married, even if you're in a long-term committed relationship that is something other than legal marriage, your spouse or your partner in that example may have no legal rights. They may not have the right to inherit any assets. They may not have the right to make decisions for you. And that's a key, key reason that someone who's in a committed relationship that's not married needs to have a plan in place. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm also thinking about, so like, let's say I start my will and I'm just randomly picking an age out of there. Let's say I'm 30 or 35. Who cares? It doesn't matter whatever age I am at. And I go a couple of years down the line and maybe things change. Maybe I have more assets or maybe uh, I'm in a relationship now, or maybe I start a business, whatever it might be. How often am I then making changes to my will to make sure it's like it's accurate? Yeah, so at Trust and Will, we've simplified this question. And we say you should make a change after any major life events. And that life events include changes in marital status, births, deaths. 
And those are the three key life events. So if you have a marital status change, a birth or a death, you might want to update your plan. But even if you don't have a major life event, really every three to five years, and you can stretch that if you spent five to 10 years is okay, but really every three to five years is best just so your plan is always updated because your plan should evolve as your life evolves as well. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I had a listener question that I thought was a good one to, to chat about. So if you're married, do you each need a will or do you create a, a joint will? How does that work? With wills, typically each individual creates their own will. So if you are married, you and your spouse would each have a will, be two separate documents. You can create a joint will, but they are less common. And there are some downsides that just modern practice, it's less likely that you're going to create a joint will. And it's pretty easy just to have two separate wills. And they can be mirror images. You can say the same things if you want to have a coordinated estate plan. That's very common. But you'll each have your own document. So like if we had a if we had a kid or kids, we would want then the same sort of guardianship arrangement in both of those wills. I mean, I guess provided we're we're in a good relationship, we would want that same guardianship. But like what if I'm just throwing out all sorts of scenarios here. What if we had like different guardianships in each will and something happened to both of us? Has that scenario ever came up? It's definitely come up. And you do see some situations where, you know, I, I may want my family to take care of my children and my spouse may want her family to take care of her children. And we each put that in our wills and we die at the same time. And you have conflicting or competing nominations. And ultimately, a court would have to make a determination of which of those two okay. to support. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining, I mean, I used to be a practicing certified financial planner and I saw all sorts of crazy stuff with people and, and their money and their estate plans and their arrangements. So I would imagine there's a lot of really interesting stuff that goes on in, in wills and trusts. And then ultimately it's up to, like you said, the court or somebody to figure out, okay, what is the right thing? Or what did this person mean? Or what did that person mean? But I imagine it gets a little dicey at times. It definitely does. And it's such a touchy-feely area of law. It's so personal and, and specific to you. And, and no one else can choose who to care for your children. <clears throat> right. So you have these situations where it's critically important to be clear and state your intentions so that there is no ambiguity and you can eliminate or at least minimize the opportunities for someone else to have to make that decision for you. I know I'm a bit biased, but honestly, I think I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a golden mountain doodle, and she is full of spunk and fun, and she's never met a ball she does not love. I honestly, I would do anything for Winnie, and she has enriched my life so much. I can confidently say Winnie is absolutely one of the most priceless purchases I have ever made. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. In today's world, we insure a lot, from cars and homes to cell phones and even travel plans. But what about insurance for your cat or dog? With ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. This is what I call smart spending because, let's be real, those vet bills, they can be expensive. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program, they've been around for about 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. 
They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure your pet's plan is unique as they are. Because vet bills, they can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. You use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. So tell me, what are your money goals that you have for this year? Maybe you're like me and endlessly looking for a house to buy and you're focused on saving for a down payment or you're drooling over traveling somewhere tropical this year and you want to save to pay for it or you're ready to leave your job and build your own business. So you're going to need some startup funds. Whatever your goals are this year, Monarch can help you reach them. In fact, the Wall Street Journal named Monarch the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. What I love about Monarch is its simple and easy customizable design so the dashboard can look exactly the way you want it to. I'm also a big fan of creating custom budgets for things like travel. It's one of my favorite money tips. And Monarch lets you do this so easily. This is such a great way to stay motivated when you've got a lot of money goals. You can easily track your progress with every dollar that you save or spend. Remember, your brain loves to see progress and you should celebrate it when you're saving money. And honestly, I am so focused on privacy, so I really admire that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties. This means a lot to me, and it should mean a lot to you as well. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of the show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. I have to tell you about my new obsession, Notion, our sponsor today. Notion has single-handedly changed how I do life for the better. I use Notion for all my daily journaling so I can keep it all in one spot. I also keep all our favorite recipes that are budget-friendly in Notion so I can easily sort and find the ones I love and easily create fast grocery lists. And okay, one of the best uses of Notion, you can create a template for your money dates and track your goals right in Notion. Seriously, Notion is a game changer. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but really getting inspired. It's an AI-powered workspace. It turns knowledge into action. You can use Notion to summarize meeting notes and auto-generate action items, get answers to questions in minute, and you can make all of your money tasks so much easier. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, freelance designer, starting a new startup, a student juggling classes and clubs, or just somebody really wanting to get your life together. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash etm. That's all lowercase letters. 
Notion.com slash ETM and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash ETM. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The host, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks? Where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Patrick's got so much to share, like what is a trust and why should you care? So let's hop back into the conversation. Yeah, so you're you're an estate planning attorney. Obviously, uh, y- you do this for a living. You answer these questions all day long. But I, I, I'm always fascinated. Like, what do you love about being an estate planning attorney? Like, what sort of brought you into this this career? So, estate planning, as you were just saying, it some of the the issues, the problems, the disputes that arise are truly fascinating. And seeing how to unwind those, it's it's kind of like a, a work problem and a riddle and a you know a soap opera all rolled into one. So it's it's easy to kind of get attached to and just this is interesting. But once you dig in and you start helping people, that's really what most estate planners are focused on is helping people. People come to you with a need and say, I need help. I'd like to put together an estate plan. And you're able to work with them and make sure that they get the help they need and create a plan that works for them and their families. Right. Yeah, I like that. Um, I love that that uh, description too. That it's it's like a soap opera and a jigsaw puzzle and so much all rolled into one. <laughs> Any anytime it, we're dealing with money, right? There's always this level of complexity. Always, always, always some sort of long settled dispute suddenly surfaces back to the top too. So it's, it's always a little bit of drama, but it's it's good to help people get through it. Yeah. And okay, so we we talked about wills and and I understand that piece of the estate plan. So then we have on the other side here, we have our trust. And I think this is where a lot of times there's a lot of confusion. So Walk us through a little bit about what is a trust and same sort of question. Who who needs one of these? Yeah, great question. There's a lot of people who've heard of a trust. And while most people have some basic understanding of what a will is, a trust is where people start to think, well, this is, you know, really incredibly wealthy individuals. JP Morgan had a trust, you know, a hundred years ago and his family's still living off of it. And those certainly are trusts, but those aren't the type of trust that most people are dealing with today. The type of trust you deal with today is most typically known as a revocable living trust. And that is revocable, meaning you can change it and amend it during your lifetime. And it's living, meaning you create it while you're alive. So that revocable living trust is really the workhorse of estate planning today. And trusts are essentially a relationship between three parties. There's the settlor or the trustor or the grantor who creates the trust. There's the trustee who holds and manages the assets. And then there's the beneficiary who the trust is in favor of. So really, basically, you have a settlor who creates a trust. They give their assets to the trustee to hold for the beneficiary. 
But that three-party relationship gives you some really key benefits that you can use for estate planning. And that's where a trust really starts to distinguish itself from a will. All right. So we have this unique sort of three-prong relationship. Why would we need a trust uh, if we have a will then? Definitely. So wills are fundamental basic documents. They handle most basic needs for most people. Trusts do a little more, and they are add-on documents. So if you have a will, every adult needs a will, but some adults might also need a trust if their situation dictates. But those benefits of a trust that help you that a will doesn't, a trust will avoid probate after death. And for some people in some states, probate can be really bad. It can take a long time and cost tens of thousands of dollars just to administer your estate after death. Yeah, so just really, really quick question. Before. Really quick question. So like the probate process where it costs a lot of money, like we're in California, that's obviously one place where it does. Who pays that? that those fees are paid out of the assets in your estate. So ultimately your assets pay it. But what that does is it depletes the amount that you can leave to your beneficiaries. So your beneficiaries are the ones that are deprived, even though your estate assets are paying the fees. Okay. All right. I got you. Okay. Go back to what you were saying about trust. Yes. So trusts do avoid probate. And in some states, it's very, very bad. And probate avoidance alone is enough reason for many people in states like California to have a trust. But a trust is more than just probate avoidance. It gives you more control over when and how assets are distributed. So maybe you want to say, I'd like to give my assets to my children, but I want to stagger when they get it. I want them to get some of it at age 25 and some at age 35. Or maybe they get a piece when they graduate college, things like that. It can give you a little more control over what happens long into the future. That's a key benefit of a trust. And the trust also have some other, other provisions that can be helpful for some situations. If you have a beneficiary or a family member with additional needs, you can have a special needs trust. Or if you have very high net worth individuals, can have tax planning provisions in there. All of those things are more specialized features that a trust does that a will simply does not do. Okay. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people who, when they like purchase a, a house, they actually like put the either the ownership of the house in the trust. You can probably elaborate on this a little bit better, but uh, sometimes they'll put like their their a trust account will be their bank account. Like, why would people title assets uh, for their trust? Yeah, that's a great question. So the key benefit again of a trust for many people is avoiding probate, and the trust only avoids probates for assets that are held in the name of the trust. If you're a visual person, you might think of it as a box. A trust is a box, and anything you put in that box bypasses probate. But that key step is you have to put those assets into that box. You have to put them into the trust. And so that's why it's common to see individuals who buy a house or own their house in the name of their trust, and they have bank accounts owned in the name of their trust. So anything that you have of value that you put into the trust, that bypasses probate, and that's all subject to those key provisions of the trust. And that's why you'll, you'll typically see that. And you should see that. If you have a trust, you should own most of your assets in the name of your trust. Okay. I like that visual too. <laughs> put it put it all in the box. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I know you do a lot at Trust and Will and you really help people with this. So walk me through a little bit of, of the process. If I'm new to this and I want to set up a will and a trust. And also, obviously, I have to ask the, the elephant in the room question. Like, what does this all cost? Yeah. So a little backstory about trust and will. I I was previously an estate planning attorney who worked with individual clients through a law firm. And one of the biggest 
problems I had was people would call me and say, hey, you know, I my cousin's neighbor had set up a state plan with you. I, I need help or somehow I got connected. Can you help me? Here's my situation. And I would listen to them and I'd say, yeah, sounds like you need an estate plan. You need a will. You need a trust, you know, kind of a little bit of detail. And they'd say, okay, what's it going to cost? And I'd tell them what my firm charged. And they'd say, I can't afford that and hang up. And that's really just demoralizing. It's it's hard to hear, I need your help. And then hear the response of, I can't afford it. And so trust and will is really created to help address that situation, to make sure that there's an easy, affordable, and convenient way for everyone to create their estate plan. In a lot of ways, it's like TurboTax for estate planning. If you've done TurboTax to file your taxes, you can do trust and will to create your estate plan. It's one question at a time, click, answer some information, make your choices. You're done before you know it. But that's where trust and will really comes into play. You can create a will and a trust and the additional documents that go along with the things like healthcare documents, a power of attorney, a healthcare directive, those things that are also part of an estate plan. All of those documents are, are available to be created through trust and will. We do it not just easy and convenient, but we do it for an affordable price. So our wills start at $89 for an individual and the trust plan starts at $399. And that includes the trust plan includes a trust, a will, and a full set of healthcare documents. So our goal is to make it possible for everyone to have a plan in place. Yeah, that's really amazing. I mean, I could just speak personally from setting up a will and a trust with an attorney. And I love you. I love estate planning attorneys, but you know, it was easily $2,2500. So <laughs> to hear that price tag really does make it feel like it is approachable for everyone. And what if I'm like in the process with trust and well, and I'm setting things up and I have a question, like, is there somebody like yourself that I can actually talk to? So we have a team standing by and you can chat if you're on the site or you can set up a call and speak with someone on the phone and they can help you with any questions that are, are basic questions about how to use trust and will, what questions mean. But if you have actual legal questions where you need legal advice about what should you do from a legal perspective, we're actually rolling out the ability to connect with an attorney. So you can set up a relationship with an attorney and you can, nice. as part of your trust and will plan, and it's a flat fee and it's currently $200 for an entire year of access to your attorney. And if you've ever dealt with an attorney, typically $200 gets you maybe an hour. And this is $200 of an entire year of access to help with any of those legal questions. And we're we're covering about a third of the population with that, but we'll continue to expand that through through our, our additional states and additional attorneys. Hopefully to have 100% coverage uh, across the country soon. Yeah, I think that's what's like so empowering about financial technology and, and companies like Trust and Will and all these companies that are changing how we bank and how we save and how we spend our money and all of this. It's really democratizing finance so that everybody has access to these really important either money steps or money applications. And it's just, I don't know, it feels really empowering that this is this is happening. I mean, it's obviously one of the reasons why I do this show. Um, another question I had, I know that a lot of listeners maybe have parents who are getting older now and parents who might have a will and trust, but maybe you don't know anything about it or you don't know what's in it. Is there a good way to to talk to your parents about these subjects sort of to figure out like what you actually need to know as as their child? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question we hear a lot. And a really common refrain is it's awkward and uncomfortable and I don't want to have a conversation about mortality. And, and 
you're not alone. Everyone feels that way for the most part. So it's the easiest way to go about it. We've, we found a couple of things that help. First, the easiest way, if, if you create a, your own estate plan, you can then start the conversation, not by asking your parents about their estate plan, but telling your parents about your estate plan. And that eventually turns into a two-way conversation for most people. So that's a great way to go about it. But if you don't want to do that, if you're, you know, that's already passed for you, a great way to think about it is I'm trying to make sure that I'm able to carry out my parents' wishes. So you're not prying, you're not asking for uncomfortable questions or asking for information that you may not think you're entitled to. What you're trying to do is say, how can I help you? And if you think about that as a slightly more positive spin on it, it feels less uncomfortable and less awkward. And you feel like I'm ultimately trying to make sure that we are all aligned so that we can carry this out and make sure the best possible result is what we get there. That's a good strategy. That's a good one. I would definitely borrow that. Uh, Well, I like to uh, end every episode with an actionable money tip, idea, strategy, tool, something that you think we really need to know about. So what is something you want the Millennial Money listeners to definitely walk away with after this episode? I want all of your listeners to understand that everybody needs an estate plan. Your estate plan may be simple or it may be complex, but you need to have a plan that meets your needs. And it's easy and affordable to put a plan in place. And that's what I think everyone should understand. You need a plan and having a plan is easy. Well, Patrick, this has been so informative. Please tell the listeners where they can go to learn more about Trust and Will. Absolutely. You can see Trust and Will at trustandwill.com. We're available all the time. We have chat members available standing by ready to help. And we have a learn center there. If you just want to learn a little more, get educated, feel free to use this as a resource, trustandwill.com. This episode was a great reminder for me to update my own will and trust. So if you don't have one in place, don't panic. I have this running Google Doc list of all the money to do's that I really want to achieve. I've got big stuff like updating my will and trust and then little stuff like remembering to check my account balances every week. So something like this might really work for you so you can keep track of all your money to-dos. But definitely put will and possible trust if you fit in that category on the list and check them out. As always, if you love this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, family members, anybody that you think needs to know more about wills and trusts. You can head over to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest and episode sponsors. And be sure to follow Millennial Money Podcast and any podcast player you're listening to this episode right now. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new one. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.